Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined, of course, by trusty producer Jimmy No Sleeves Seleski. No sleeves today, baby. Yeah, we're doing, we're, I'm going to start doing uh, Tim the Toolman style. We're going to okay. give Al a, a nickname every time. Yeah, I like that. I okay, like good. that. I like how you assumed I was playing basketball, of all things. You just look at you me look and you're like... You look like you're playing basketball. I was playing hoops. I was on team shirts, apparently. No, I, I suck <laughs> at basketball. I... I if I if I was playing basketball today, I wouldn't even be here, dude. I'd still be on the court getting scrubbed up, <laughs> scraped up off the court, Bugs Bunny style. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm all terrible. Right. Well, um, that's all right because you're a good producer. Hey, that's all I got to do. And you have a you have a podcast yourself, Jimmy. Yes, I do. It's called Live from the Studio. I do that with a comedian named Eric Glazer, uh, and we release episodes weekly. We actually this week's episode is going to be featuring my band Sophomore to promote the release of our debut single Tendencies. So uh, that'll be released on Friday. You can follow us on everything at LFTS Podcast across the board, baby. Awesome, and and no scrubs in your band. As no far scrubs, as no scrubs. Um, now, Jimmy, we, we have a very interesting topic today. We're gonna we're gonna. This is one that's specific. I don't know how you're gonna write it in the title when we release this. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the same thing. <laughs> Movies that inspired uh, fascination, basically. Movies like, that inspire. What, what movie got you into a thing? Uh, yeah, that's that's even longer. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're right. Uh, well, I know what it means, but it's just we got to think of something catchy. Yeah, call yeah, it. yeah. I'm about an hour and a half to think of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we could just leave out all the vowels, military style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in there. That's also a, a cool indie man thing to do too. Is it really? No it seems like it. Yeah. Well, really, when you think about it, you know what? You, you got a point there. No vowels, people. You That's, don't need. We vowels. apparently don't need them. It you seems don't. to work just fine without them. Yep. No point. Really, drop, are waste, drop the vowels. Wastes of letters, if you ask me. No more vowels. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of no more vowels, Jimmy. Uh, uh, yes. Segway makes zero sense, but we uh, we were asked by our, our friend uh, MC Search from the the popular uh, hip hop group Third Base mm-hmm. uh, to to do a little plug for his uh, upcoming show, and we said absolutely. It was yes. great to us. Great dude, we're happy to help out. MC Ver- Search, notable uh, not vowel fan. MC has no vowels, and uh, he even cut one of the vowels out of the word search. Oh my goodness, uh, wow. He only has one vowel in his whole name, really. Yeah. I mean, that's. You should be in charge of segues from now on, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, you hey, you that. say it, I make it make sense, right. dude. That's production. Um, all right, but uh, his he has an upcoming podcast coming out on his Timeless Podcast Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be called Did I Ever Tell You the One About? And the first episode is going to be Big Daddy Kane. Now that one I want to hear. Uh, available across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Are you familiar with Big Daddy Kane, Jimmy? I am, actually. He's one okay. of the uh, few rappers from that era that I am pretty familiar right with. well he yeah he kind of like crossed over into the 90s yeah. somewhat like mm-hmm. wasn't he like an ace ventura 
or I I believe he I was something. He was. Yeah, something like he had that. a lot of voiceover work. And he had a whole like you know brand about him. Everybody knew Big Daddy. Right, Kane. right, right. Uh, but uh, did I ever tell you the one about Big Daddy Kane, a new podcast series from the Timeless Podcast Company about the life and career of Big Daddy Kane, and hosted by MC Search. The series will take a look at Kane's career from humble beginnings in BK to his life as a stick-up kid to those key decisions that changed his direction to become a legend in hip-hop and rap music. Big now, Daddy, I'm, I'm assuming BK is Brooklyn? Uh, I don't think they're talking about Burger King, if that's what you're asking. Okay. I, yeah. As far as I know, he was not part of the Burger King Kids Club, if that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not like where he got that. his yeah, start. He was, he was a McDonald's guy, for sure. <laughs> Uh, Big Daddy Kane is the original Brooklyn MC that influenced a host of other MCs from Jay Z to Biggie, Most Def, Talib Kweli, Kweli, Talib Kweli. Sorry, so lame. <laughs> and even Joey Badass. And he left out Eminem too. Oh, really? Yeah, Eminem has definitely voiced his uh, admiration of okay. Big Daddy Kane. Kane introduced New Jack Swing to hip hop. He influenced producers like Puff Daddy to infuse hip hop into R and B, creating superstars like Mary J. Blige, Blige and Jodeci. Uh, from what Puff heard Kane do almost a decade before. Kane was a sex symbol on a global level. It was a very good-looking fella. Oh, yeah. Even being invited to be a model with Naomi Campbell in Madonna's sex book. I wish Search was in that, by the way. Yeah. And was one of the first rappers uh, from Brooklyn, Hollywood, to starring bang in Madonna. his own videos to <laughs> movies. Um, yeah, he actually appeared in Playgirl at one point, too. Really? Yeah, he was. Uh, he, you know, he he had a very handsome face, very very chiseled physique. I was always on the fence over whether or not Playgirl actually existed. I didn't really? realize it was a real thing. Yeah, it existed. I thought it was just something people said, like, oh, no, Playgirl. no, it totally existed. Girls buy that? Uh, was it for uh, gay guys? You know, I, the little research I've done on it because I have read about it before is that it was marketed towards women, but it kind of very quickly became a, a gay guy kind of. That's thing. That's what I would imagine. I don't really see women being into that. kind kind of stuff as much as right. men would be oh as yeah much as men i mean be. of course they're not yeah there's there's no you know you're never gonna walk into a rofo and there's like racks yeah. of magazines yeah with, you know like with dudes but they're the, the ones for dudes are marketed to other dudes yeah you know yeah only yeah. dudes are picking up their porn at royal farms right women go to wawa that's <laughs> understood well it's kind of weird that anyone's buying it these days i mean it's yeah like, yeah yeah you heard of the internet <laughs> yeah but uh, anyway, Jimmy, so uh, yeah, we'll look out for the uh, Did I Ever Tell You the One About uh, Big Daddy Kane podcast with MC Search. Uh, I'm sure it'll be very well done. He's a, He researches the hell out of these things. He puts uh -huh. a lot into his podcast. He's a very knowledgeable so, guy. He really is. Your um, episode with him, I believe it was, a, what, four or five episodes ago? Something like that. Awesome. And very informative. Yeah. I'm not super well-versed in the hip-hop culture, especially from that era, but I mean... Right. I feel like I'm borderline expert now. At yeah, least proficient. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bet you could tell me the date of birth of MC Scat Cat, couldn't you? I could. I All could, right. but I won't. I know. But I could. Uh, speaking of being able to but not doing it, uh, mm -hmm. our guest today, Jimmy, this fella, he's a good dude. He's an artist. He's a designer. He's a good friend of mine. He's coming to us from Pennsylvania, I believe, right? Yes. Will you please welcome to the podcast, Sebastian Sears. Sebastian, how are you? Hi, Michael. Hi, Jimmy. How you guys doing today? I am. I'm doing. I got my first vaccine shot a bit earlier today. So oh. I'm down. One more to go. All right. How are you feeling? And um, yeah. 
Good, good. I feel like um, when I was there, I don't know, but I, I didn't really have much in the way of my system. So I just had really just had coffee. So um, I probably should have maybe had some food in my system beforehand, but it's not, nothing at all. Just yeah. waited 15 minutes afterward. Um, yep, good to go. I felt fine immediately so. after mine, but th- that evening I got super tired. You're vaxxed? Uh, I'm halfway there. Half living on a prayer. Uh, there we go. Oh, there okay. We go. Half vax. You got. You can't half vax things in life. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> uh, Sebastian, tell us uh, a, a little bit about your uh, your art and what you do. Sure. So, um, I am. So I'm. I've basically been a long artist. I I started out drawing pictures at a very young age, um, since I was in kindergarten and. Just that kind of just progressed over over the time of elementary school and through middle, um, even the and the kind of content that I would create started from cartoon characters to uh, um, and the long ways of cars and um, buildings, um, even futuristic style cars, and then I decided to go into school for graphic design. Um, to kind of learn more about the about that way and how it blends that into business. Okay. And it was really hard to find a direction because I really enjoyed all different things kind of um visual and how different mediums can tell a story and the processes behind those. So I throughout my college, I went through basically six years of it, um kind of just changing concentrations. I did film for a year. I finished out and I just ended up finishing out my undergrad and um and fine art with, with um, like um, capitalizing illustration. Okay. But um, where so can I, uh, where can people um, find your work if? Uh... Then I ended up. Sure, it's um, the site is called designsbyseb.com. Okay, awesome, great. All right, well, Sebastian, today we yeah. are of course. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's just. Wonder I um uh, so I ended up I guess like just living in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore for six years, and then I um, just did a lot with theater and a lot of the and the gallery scene down there, and um would complete just all, just would work like a day job just to pay the bills, and um, ended up just doing a course in UX design over the week, um, and now I'm. I'm trying to transition back into like into more of that graphic and digital design so um I can you know have more of a practical use to that and sure uh, get something to make ends awesome so um yeah all right mm-hmm. great um now Sebastian we are discussing of course films that inspired uh uh I don't know things obsessions films yeah. that's Inspired, Jimmy. Help me out here. You've been great with words today. Uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure this one out. <sighs> it, it, the question we posed was, "What movie inspired a fascination for you?" Yeah, we need to look up like this wordreference.com or thesaurus.com. The definition of a word or the word that would mix with the definition something that inspires something. Like something that intrigues, uh-huh, uh-huh. like intrigue is close, but not really, right, you know, like right. something that inspires fascination. Something I know there's a word for that. There's got to be. And there's it's probably be. like a great word. 
Sure. With like minimal vowels. Right. You know? Right. I'm hoping. Yeah, I hope so too. Well, anyway, we're talking about that. And uh, before we get into your your uh, fascination, Sebastian, which is an interesting one, uh, let's, let's read a confession mm-hmm. here. This is from J.S. Okay. Scott, uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. The lives mm. of P.B. Shelley, Mary Shelley, John Pilottery, Lord Byron, and Claire Claremont uh, during the Summer of Fear 1816 at the Villa Diote after watching Ken Russell's film Gothic, 1986. As with most Russell films, Gothic is conflated, exaggerated, overdramatic, at times frenetic, but it's based on kernels of truth. These two books offer a more reality-based account of the incidents which led to Shelley conceiving her novel Frankenstein. You uh, you a fan <laughs> of the, the Frankenstein, Sebastian? Um, I unfortunately haven't really delved um, too deeply into that. Um, I'm familiar with them. And uh, to be honest, with you, I was just never too, too interested in those. Um, not to say that they're not bad films. Sure. I think that um, they're great. I, um, I guess it's just never really quite been my thing. And um, but I guess I never really kind of got a chance to really sit down and watch them. Right. So it's, well, so we'll see. Let me give you a little. Uh, let me give you a little background, Sebastian. The the book was written. Uh, during like like he said the summer of fear, which was uh, apparently like the mm-hmm. summer that wasn't a summer, because of I believe mm. uh, a, a volcano erupting, and uh, just just filling the the skies of of England with soot, and um, the sun just didn't come out that summer, and uh, Mary mm. Shelley in a in a particularly nasty storm of this era, uh, Mary Shelley, Lord Byron. Uh, her, her husband, Piercy Shelley, um, they, they were all bored inside. And so they, uh, they decided to, to write ghost stories, basically have like a ghost story. Oh, I did. I, I, that when you told me a story that, that background does sound familiar. I think I remember, um, listening to a podcast about that a couple years ago and, um, that it was the, the show, the movie was born out of that, like commune or like those people who were just stuck and suck there. Well, well, the and, book the book was born out of it, and then the movies came later. Yeah, um, yeah. But and also interestingly, the 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 uh, there's another story produced in that same session uh, called the Vampire, which was kind of a, the the <laughs> first uh, kind of gentleman vampire. Like they kind of created the the gentlemanly Dracula type of vampire character, you know that be, that became standard in the <laughs> vampire lore. Um, yeah, so yeah. she wrote, she wrote a short story and then later expanded it into a novel. The only thing she ever wrote, some people have accused, you know, her husband was a, a famous poet. Um, people accused her of, uh, of him actually writing it and her taking the credit, a little, you know, Kurt Cobain, Courtney Love kind of thing going on in the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a cool story behind it. I could see how that would become fascinating. Uh, now, Sebastian, you your thing is the sinking of the Titanic. Yes. Tell us about your history with that and how how you got into that. Sure. So, so the you know the the famous film um, with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet that that came out when I was in 
fourth grade. I was 11 at the time. And uh, to be honest with you, all the hype about that movie coming out and, the, and seeing the previews and, you know, of course, it, it was, it was, you know, everyone, every girl in my class was like obsessed with it. Um, and even my, my siblings would talk about it. I was just kind of like, what is, I, I, I'm 11 at the time. Right. I was still playing with Legos and, you know, ride my and stuff like that. Yeah. It's call me um, when they come out with another direct so that, video trimmers film. <laughs> That's what you were saying. I imagine. So, um, oh yeah. So it was like, I, I, at first I thought Titanic was like the name of like an ice field because I mean, they're mentions that they're mentioning about like icebergs and stuff like that. And that was like, first, I don't know why I thought it was the, the name of like an ice field. I mean, like wow. who names an ice field? <laughs> um, wow. You know, I, so I've heard about I, people um, getting confused with, uh, with Frankenstein, with the doctor and the monster. Never heard about Titanic and the iceberg. Yeah. That, yeah. I feel like that's one of those, you couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It was really the anti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like polar. That's like confusing Moriarty with yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, Sebastian. Um, but tell us tell some more. Oh, yeah. Sure. So it was just one of those weekends. I So I honestly didn't even see the movie in theaters at first. The, the time I saw it was my sister, one of her friends back in elementary school. I was in fifth grade at the time sister was here younger she um friend stayed for a sleepover and she bought the you know the film on um she bought the film on that those two part oh, one yeah. and part two and v, part two vhs tape yeah those double vhs boxes man love those yeah speaking of she's down here now hi olivia <laughs> so hey, olivia. um shout out to um, ask her this while she's down here. So Does she still have her VHSs night, of that? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was um that wasn't hers. That was that was our friend. She came over and we um okay. she um, brought it over and we watched it. So we basically all sat in the living room one day one. We watched the first half and at the time I it was just kind of like, all right, I mean, I'll sit there and watch. I felt like it, I guess my 11, 11-year-old self was like, it's kind of boring in a way because it's just, it just seems slow. We got the, we got the buildup of the relationship right, with the two right. characters, like, you know, doing stuff. Yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this about um, the, the I mean, first, the first uh, VHS of that, that set when I was a kid. If it weren't for the nudity, I probably just would have skipped mm-hmm. that entire first first uh, tape yeah the sex yeah. scene really really carries the first and uh, i was pleasantly cassette. surprised as a young man seeing yeah. that and it wasn't always a big shocker when it's a pg-13 and something yeah like that. and you're like yeah. oh wow that hand okay. on the window yeah. you're just like oh yeah they're right. getting it on right they're right. definitely getting it on right but continue <laughs> <laughs> continue sebastian oh yeah and at that point i i was just like i i mean like it's not like and my parents, I think, also watched it with us. So it wasn't like they were just leaving us alone because we did see the sex scene and stuff. But it, I never really looked at it as like, I mean, I was 11. I just never really thought of it, thought much of it. I was just like, okay, this is just a bit of a, you know, like you mentioned, a PG-13 rated movie, you know? Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's nothing I would see on Nickelodeon. But, sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is more of a movie. I expect it from that. And um, 
so I was, you know, sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden the iceberg scene happens, and like the hull of the ship just starts breaking, and the water comes in, and like people are in the boiler rooms trying to run around. I'm like, yeah. oh shit! Yeah, man. Things I mean, just it, got it, real. yeah, it goes from like uh, like when Harry met Sally to Independence Day, <laughs> like very yes. tonal it, change in that movie. It was a total opposite, and. Mm. Um, and even, I don't know, like there was, and I don't, it's just the fact that like all of a sudden they just, things just like, and then I kind of almost sort of compare it a little bit to the pandemic, how it started out. Like people weren't quite sure because when the iceberg hit, no one, it was such a big ship. No one knew yeah. like exactly what was wrong with it. There wasn't, this was 1912. So there was no like public address right. to announce we've we've struck an iceberg you know and also they were marketing the ship as unthinkable Mm -hmm. so um people were just kind of confident like oh nothing can take this ship down you know and like most of the people unless you're like below deck where you know there was also that very very rigid class system third class you know and then the up to first class and they were looked upon you know as just you know, they were filling cavities of the ship, really. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. I mean, it was a different story. A lot of them felt that, but most of the people above deck were just kind of like, oh, I felt a little bit of a shudder, but it was nothing much. And they were getting misinformation, too. Like, the stewards were were spreading stories that weren't true. Like, oh, we dropped a propeller blade. We're, we're just going to repair it, then we'll be on our way. Oh, we just... We just grazed an yeah. iceberg and we stopped. All right, that, that's sure, just the boat seemed... settling. That's yeah, it yeah. It was, and um, you know, and then it was just kind of like, oh, let's. And the captain didn't know how to deal with it, so he was—he's never had to deal with this kind of experience. So he was just pretty much in shock the whole time, mm-hmm. and people were like coming to him like, "What should we do? Should we make get the lifeboats ready, send up rockets and stuff?" And he was just kind of like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> you know it's right it's, I, I don't know what uh he was just yeah. kind of like yeah. oh look God. it's not like i'm the captain of this ship why are you asking yeah. me questions yeah, about dude. the ship isn't there a first mate you should be talking to where's why the guy, am the I the guy nice? everyone yeah. goes to yeah <laughs> trying to drive here yeah <laughs> like and it's, it's not like, easy with on. a hook for a hand <laughs> I just remember that it was, we didn't, and so of course that happened at the end of the first video of the first VHS tape. Um, this, you know, the iceberg scene happened at the very end. So it was kind of like a cliffhanger and then, you know, we all had to go to bed. It was like, all right, we watched the first half. We're going to wa- end up watching the second half tomorrow. And it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? Right. <laughs> I mean, the ship just hit this iceberg and it's like, sinking and like water's rushing in and like everyone's like oh my god what's happening and like this is not like a typical romance movie i thought it was gonna be (laughs) but i'm like okay okay this is more like action adventure you know like okay yeah yeah (laughs) so then like i was i was really antsy about like watching the second half and you know the next day and uh sat through it and i i don't know it just it's like people just trying to escape a sinking ship and 
you know, I, I, and this is before I knew any of the history of, of it at all. I just remember like people running around, like, you know, flooded, you know, like Jack, Jack and Rose, them trying to save each other and run right. away from her fiance who's been who's trying to hunt them down and like, yeah. um, people jumping off and falling in the water. And then, the, you know, I don't even remember it, it even breaking in half. I think I just remember, I think I just envisioned, I just kind of remember when I, after I initially watched it, like there were, I think there were like, I thought that there were like explosions or something like that. And like, uh. um, but yeah. Uh, and then not even halfway in VHS sister, ends up saying because she she's already watched it before at her friend's place she right. she mentions like oh jack ends up dying at the end i'm like <laughs> no no well, well did she at least not spoil yes. the sinking like what yeah i am just like i was really getting attacked i was just kind of like rooting for those two people like come on survive yeah make yeah. it you guys like you'll have beautiful like, kids. I wanted, their, I wanted them to be. To... <laughs> yes. And oh, my God, that that whole scene when she was on top of it. And I just wanted to clarify the fact that it wasn't actually a door. It was a panel. Oh, if you look at it, there's a there's an arch at the top. OK, it's not it's not a door like everyone thinks it is. Right. It's, Fun it's, fact. Um, it was a, a wooden panel. Wall. This is off. this is what I never understood, um, Sebastian. Why why didn't why didn't the crew just start like hacking away at all at the ship and just tossing like big planks into the water for people? Making making like makeshift rafts. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I agree with you. And that's one of the I think that's somewhat of a fascination too. Like, what if because I would think of that scenario, I would always think of scenarios like what if, what if I was on this ship or, and I, you know, I couldn't get off or, you know, I wasn't able to get into a lifeboat. Like, would I be able to like make some sort of like tie a bunch of deck chairs together and pieces that would float and just right. like, kind of like throw the raft overboard and then just like jump on a raft. I mean, like, I, I guess like, I mean, it only took maybe like two and a half hours for it to go down. I don't, I feel like, if you're in that, if you're kind of in that moment, you're just really, you're not really going to think about like taking the time to strategically do that sure. unless you're um, like most people at that time. I mean, also like who's going to, you know, that's mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. you're in panic mode basically. Right, so, right. so you, you saw, you saw the movie, it. you saw the movie, you were fascinated with it. Uh, how, how did that turn into uh, getting into the, the actual historical Titanic story? To be honest with you, I, I think I, I think something just naturally clicked with mm. um, with it with interest. I think I, I don't know if it's subconscious. Well, there was a um, I started liking girls, sure. of course, and I there, there was a definitely a, a few girls in my class that I really liked. Oh, and I see. I, I yes. see where this is going. You were trying to get chicks. Mm -hmm. Figures. <laughs> um, well, chicks. I, I will tell you this. I don't know if it has to do with that budding romantic instinct at that age, but yeah. there's there's something about that age, like early adolescence, 11, 12, where mm -hmm. if I'm into something at that age, 
I'm weirdly into it the rest of my life in some way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. music from then, like just just things Porn. I. <laughs> well, just like things I learned about, like I, I don't know. There's just something about that age where, like, if I'm into it, I'm at least going to check up on it. Like, if there's a new thing that comes out, you know, yeah, what I mean? it's kind of burned into your mind. It's right, like your right. First stage of uh, you know, finding your own interests. You yeah, know what I mean, like yeah, becoming yeah. your own thing. Yeah, like I, I could read about, uh, like we'll get into later, Billy the Kid all day and all night, and I do actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but not not necessarily stuff from when I was like five or from when I was like seventeen. Well, when you're a kid, you're kind of, and this is actually now that I'm thinking about it, this is interesting because when you're a kid, like in elementary school, I don't remember there being like band kids and like skater kids. Like right. there were kids that did stuff, you know what I mean? But like everybody, you know, I remember being into like Pokemon and stuff. There was no like, Breakfast Club quite yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Middle man. school was really my first experience of like seeing the clicks start to develop and like you yeah. had the preppy kids right. and the and the and the like emo yeah. kids. The and beekeeper the, crew. Yeah, yeah, the beekeepers, yeah. the you skaters, know. all those things. So like it's really <laughs> It's really this kind of time in your life when you actually start to develop an individuality right? and kind of like figure out like who's my group of people because sure. I, you know, I've gone to school since kindergarten with these kids. And for me, it was like, you know, I went to Hampton Elementary, which is in Lutherville. And then I went to Dumbarton Middle School, which is in, you know, I lived in Towson, but for whatever reason, I went to elementary school in Lutherville. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Dumbarton, I was one of like six kids from my elementary school that went oh, from my class. Nice. To go to Dumbarton. So I basically pretty much had to start over right. in middle school. Um, and like just trying to find like your niche in there mm-hmm. and like who what group am I hanging out with? Yeah. Where do I fit in? I think a lot of that sticks with you for the rest of your life because it really is your first experience yeah, of like true. becoming that's you. True. And you it know? is like I feel like pre-pubescent, I was a completely different person. Like yeah. that, that was somebody else's mm-hmm. life. But anything like after like kind of during and after puberty, I feel like that was that's me, you know, yeah. just like a younger version of me. Yeah, you started feeling like a. a I think for me it was uh, yeah prepubescent, but for me like I hit puberty now I was like fifteen or sixteen. Like I was a very late bloomer. I remember uh, my friend JT was like, "Dude, why are you wearing basketball short shorts?" And like New Balances to school every day, you got to dress to impress. <laughs> I never forgot him saying that. We were standing out back at Towson High with the, uh, you know, in the picnic tables. And from that day on, I was like, oh wait, I can dress better, and I could actually be like a sexual object to girls. Like I just lived my entire life being like, girl, girls don't notice me. I was like, oh wait, maybe they might, you know. And yeah. just like taking that into account and actually looking at yourself, it was like, yeah, two different people. Right, right. Yeah. Just look at life differently. Absolutely. Well, Sebastian, uh, you you uh, can relate to that with your uh, you know tra- chasing girls around with your Titanic knowledge. <laughs> Did uh, you know? <laughs> impressing them, impressing them with uh, that that oh plank my, that plank trivia. <laughs> you know, it's not a true story. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, Titanic is that movie based on a true story? Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't really on that ship. <laughs> I, I it's based on a true story in that a ship sank. I'll tell you this that that ship sank like the Titanic yeah. in that film. Yeah. Sorry, Sebastian. I'm an idiot. Please continue. Oh no worries. Dude, I, I totally relate with everything you said about like everything you sort of watched or liked around like early puberty or early teens, preteens, like you liked the rest of your life. Cause I it was like I remember like around like the second Jurassic Park I really like, like The Lost World. I remember, I mean, like as much as everyone hates on the Star Wars prequels, Phantom Menace was like up there as well because I remember 
awesome. My my friends, like my parents, taking us all to go see it in theaters, and it's just kind of it's just sure they just hold us they hold a special area in your heart. Absolutely. And, um, and I, I also like after that, I you know way before I saw I just watched the original Star Wars. My dad was a huge fan of them, and he had them on from the TV on VHS. Mm. Um, and um, but like yeah, so Titanic for some reason I guess it combined. You mentioned elements of like myself just like start to like girls and like thinking all the romance romance and like the whole like you know guy who's especially as Jack being an artist too. I was also oh, an illustrator yeah. and. Huh. Are you sure that and, that didn't inspire that too, Sebastian? Because it kind of sounds like that chicken um, would have come before the uh, <laughs> Like you didn't get uh, into drawing because you thought uh, that's how it worked. <laughs> like, uh, no. Surprisingly, I know. Surprisingly, I wouldn't blame so. you. I mean, I, I, <laughs> the things I did impressed no. me. And you know, it's weird because I never really was a fan of people. And Jack would always draw people. I just imagine myself as like, you know, I, I'm an artist, but I do, I draw other, I have my own style and I have, I draw other things. Right. I mean, I just like, oh, he's an artist and he's, he's this young guy who's like, you know, he's, he's not like, he's not an asshole, you know, he's sure. like, he's a genuinely good guy. It's just, he's a drifter. He doesn't have a lot of light, but he just, makes it the best of it and just lives he literally just like lives his life yeah like yeah. all he wants to do is draw and, naked chicks what's wrong with that you know <laughs> he's kind of like the mod he's yeah. kind of like the 1910s version of like a guy who does like photo shoots for instagram models now <laughs> right for yeah, the yeah, art totally. yeah for the art <laughs> yes well because he, he did say like he's he he was, he was just one scene where he was telling rose like well I used to like work on a squid boat in Monterey and I drew portraits for 10 cents a piece, but 10 cents back then was like, Absolutely. you know, it's like 13 yeah, cents. And then he was like, <laughs> it's just it's like, it's as if he was just like this free spirit who just like, Oh, then I got up and I went and I did this thing. And then Rose like, why can't I just be like you, Jack, sure. just get up and, you know, no, I, I love, I love that character of, of like the, the free spirit who's not, attached to the norms of society mm -hmm. like I, I do kind of live my oh, life like that, that. Like, yeah yeah i think it was oh, yeah, you know movies and stories that kind of inspired me to be to be someone who didn't you know not that you know not that i'm that special yeah. but like that you know kind of tries yeah. to not be bound by the just do what you right, right. do yeah 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 to not, to not like fall into like, like the cap like that sort of like capitalist sort of like rat race sort of thing where it's like oh you're and that the whole like um having money you know define you as a status yeah. symbol in a way well like, well um, i am actually into rat racing so I can't yeah say yeah that yeah sure, but that's but, you <laughs> enjoy rat racing sure. everybody does you know Who doesn't yeah. there's some fast rats out there and i can pick them yeah <laughs> Uh, Sebastian, so uh, tell us, about, so what is your historical knowledge of the Titanic now? Because you've studied it ever since then, right? Yes. So basically what happened afterwards is I, um, so ever since that, I remember like the next day, after, just like backing up a bit, like the next day after watching that movie, I was like, I went to school that Monday morning. And I'm like, we all, all of us had to like, we had those little compact journals. We all, we always had to like write something in there every morning. And I hated doing it. I always used to just draw funny pictures and stuff. And mm. 
would get in trouble because, you know, I wouldn't be doing it the way I, I should be. But there's this, I remember just like literally drawing like with my pencil or a pen, like somewhat of a sinking ship from what I could remember. And there were, there were the explosions in it and like people, like stick figure people jumping off. And I, and I wrote like, I watched Titanic for the first time Whoa. and it was awesome. <laughs> and it was just like, there was so much passion and detail into that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we, and then it's crazy that I didn't even learn about the Titanic until after I saw the movie. Cause I didn't, we didn't, it wasn't a part of like our subject learning until really? I, I remember having and a book re- about it when I was little, like a little, there's little, like, was it part of the curriculum school curriculum or was it? Just no, I don't think so. Had? I don't think so. But for some reason it seemed like it was important to teach your kids about the Titanic at that time. Yeah. I don't, I guess there's a, a life lesson to be gained from it, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's never ordered. It's almost kind of. (laughs) Yeah, it's almost I'm trying. I feel like it's more of like, well, there's the class system and then there's like, you know, there's the whole like accountability thing with, you know, you know, liability, I guess, Mm. is I guess the lesson like it's part. I guess it was part of like the Industrial Revolution to an immigration because that was happening around that time. But I just remember like there were all these books and then, you know, whatever, whatever sort of like theme we were in, the teacher would have like specific books on like the back corner of the room. And I never, you know, of course, of course, I would never care, care about any of that stuff until it came to Titanic. And I was like sneaking over. I remember there was this one book called like 882 and a half facts about the Titanic. You don't, you might not know about. And it was like, the reason why I was 882 and a half was because that's how long the ship actually was. Oh, 882. What was that? um, Well, before it split, but what what were the, what was, what was the half fact? The half. Oh, I don't know. I I don't remember that. (laughs) I, um, Probably I that it was based like, on a true story. Right. The yeah. movie. Yeah, that is kind of a half. Yeah. <laughs> it's a half fact. It's a half truth. There were there may be there may have, there might have been a there might have been a, a character named Jack and a character and a person named Rose. And we're not quite sure. It hasn't been quite debunked yet. So that's most why it's a half. Certainly was a Jack and a Rose on that show. Right, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1913. Well, there were people on. named Jack. <laughs> I mean, there's my grandmother's name is Rose. <laughs> were, were people named Jack back then, though, in Britain? Oh, wow. Because that was like kind of a term for like a. Yeah. That was like a nickname, wasn't it? Like he's a real America. Jack, which is why they went with Jack the Ripper. Like just so, just some devious, you know, like. Did it yeah. sail from America so, or Britain? Britain. It's so it was going to America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's crazy. A lot of the a lot of people in first class were actually not they were actually rich americans who were just traveling or they were on a business trip and um there was survivor it was like a 17 year old guy his name was jack and his name was jack there actually i think he was third class i gotta look back up again but i remember there was a documentary i was watching about and they were you know it was it was um because you know, my, at, at that point, like my parents, I was obsessed. But I remember getting a 3D puzzle, the Titanic, for Christmas. Cool. That following year, it was like and I would have it in the bathtub and pretend it was sinking. Oh, they were nice. also they got me a doc. Yeah, they got me a diary. It was like it was called Death of a Dream. But it was made in like the early '90s. But I was like, it was you know, um, uh, who's, um, it was um, narrated by I think it was the guy who does. Get who it is. I got. I think he's NCIS. 
the guy who narrated it. Um, NCIS. But it was basically about interviewing survivors and like, you know, yeah, something. I think it was it was the guy who stars in it or he writes. I don't know. But um, he it was basically I mean, it was it was it went through the entire history of how it was built and like the uh, the 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 where it was made in Belfast, like people like that was like the that was like the town's income. And that was their their job were, were shipbuilders, you know, and they spent that was like an art. Basically, they had like craftsmen to like make the woodwork and the plaster and and like, you know, you know, hammer in the iron plates. Not enough creating. Like, uh, it was just not enough people working and, on the lifeboats, apparently, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure building so could have employed uh, a few more. Then. Business fell fast in Belfast right after that sinking. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. The lifeboats were they 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 made it. They was that was kind of like just a PR. They were like people. The designer was pushing for more. Other people pushed for more, but like they were like, "Oh, it's it's not necessary. It's just a PR thing." And they they actually at the time, twenty lifeboats were the standard regular of ships of that size. Oh, um, it's okay. just they, I mean, after that after that disaster, a lot of regulations required ships carrying at least over a certain amount of people to have enough lifeboats. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. to have enough lifeboats just, for everyone on the yeah. launch. That's an innovative uh, kind of idea. <laughs> right. right. Um, I could see why yeah. it took us hundreds of years yeah. to get to that point. At least they at least they added actual <laughs> lifeboats. At least they didn't just like paint them onto the side. Yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> That's what the designers were advocating for. Right. They wanted... They're not made of styrofoam or something. Yeah, they wanted well, like a, a lifeboat core type right, of thing. Right. Yeah. Now, Sebastian, um, but but tell oh us God. about you've continued to be into the Titanic. Do you have a wealth of knowledge on on the on the historical Titanic at this point? Oh my God, yes! And it's crazy because like I'll still get all friends of mine every time there's something Titanic related, or if there's some, I'll get a text or I'll have someone send me something on Facebook like, "Hey, have you noticed this? Or have you? You should check out this music." Like recently, like a month ago, a friend of mine just sent me a music video. It was, it was supposed to be, and he was like, oh, Sebastian would really enjoy this. It started out as like, there were, it was like a group singing in, it, um, it was like a, a woman, it was like a band singing in like a really fancy dining hall. And there were, you know, people were picking out lobsters to eat and they would be taking them in the kitchen and cooking them. And I'm like, where is this going? And I started re- recognizing like, oh, that's, that looks like the interior of the, uh, the first class, like reception room area right. or the, the dining saloon. I'm like, Wait a minute, is that what this is? It's like watch till the end. And I didn't realize till at the end to like all of a sudden the door opened and, and the, the room started flooding. And then it was like showing the perspective, perspective of someone on the lifeboat looking at, at the sinking Titanic with an emergency flare going up. I'm like, that's why. Okay, that's oh. why you sent it over. Now, was that was that uh, was that in reference to the off quoted, uh, uh, I don't know, parable of uh, you know to the lobsters, the sinking of the Titanic was like a miracle. I don't know. I I have to go look through it again. Have you ever was, heard that before? I guess maybe. No, I haven't. Well. They were set free. <clears throat> Who was set oh, free? Yeah, the yeah, lobsters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like to them, this is like a, a miraculous story of salvation. Yeah, but then they're roaming the bottoms of the Atlantic mm. with, with rubber band claws. They can't even get anything. They probably starved to death <laughs> once they got out of the thing. Must uh. you rain on every last one of my parades? <laughs> look, look, look. I'm just saying at this point, 
every lobster on that ship is dead now. Maybe. Do, I don't know how long do lobsters live. So what? Everybody who survived lived too. Yeah, and that's why you can officially make fun of the Titanic sinking. That's how that's how you define too soon or not. Is everyone dead from it? Is not, there any it's like not too soon. you can make fun any, of you can make fun of Abe Lincoln being right. shot? Yeah. Still kind of sketchy to make fun of JFK being shot. Good point. You know Good what I'm point. saying? Because yeah. everyone that was on planet Earth right. when Abe Lincoln was shot is now dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Titanic? Well, it, it, Sebastian, can you answer this for us? I know there was like some babies on the Titanic that so, were alive until recently. So, yeah. Is there anyone still alive? They'd have to be over 100 no. years old. When did the it last, happen? The last, like 19, the last known survivor from the Titanic... The last known survivor was Melvina Dean, and I think she passed away like a couple years ago. Okay. Um, because she was basically a baby on the Titanic, yeah. and uh, she was in that documentary that I was watching too. As um, I mean, I think it. I'm, 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 I don't know how she remembers all that stuff. She was like two, she but I'm, I'm guessing maybe her parents like told her about that. Her mom. Yeah, yeah but, it, um, it'd be too hard to not at least kind of tell yourself that you, when all these people are asking you questions and yeah. the other documentaries and everything You're like, like, Oh, well actually yeah. you probably heard every detail <laughs> repeatedly throughout your life. At that point, it may as well be a memory. Oh, yeah. They made the band good in the movie. Totally. They were okay. <laughs> um, look, I was there. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Uh, um, Okay, well, uh, this has been a, a great chat about the Titanic. Maybe we'll bounce back to it later, but let's uh, let's read another confession here. This one's from Jess Feeney. She got into Nordic culture practices after seeing Midsummer and the Wicker Man in quarantine. Scandinavia back in the day was pretty effed Ooh. up. And Jess is from New York City. Scandalous, Navia. Um, <laughs> Scandinavia. Old-timey, folksy, uh, pagan Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. I find that stuff pretty interesting. Midsommar, as it is spelled, was uh, actually one of the yeah. horror movies I've seen recently that stuck with me. It was okay. good. I don't see... every. It's only every so often that I see a horror movie that I actually... I'm like, okay, this one is something I'll watch right. again. And that was wonderful. I could sure. totally see myself watching that movie again. Um, it does really bring into, you know, like... Uh, a lot of those pagan practices, you know, before my people, the Romans and the Greeks, sure. came up and civilized your people. Yeah, just in, like you do with me now. <laughs> in Northern Europe, <laughs> yeah. you guys were practicing all kinds of crazy shit up well, there, dude. Yeah. Doing all kinds of pagans, ritualistic sacrifice. Not that we weren't doing crazy shit down where we, we were at. Okay. But I mean, like, if to, not, I feel like that is Do one pagans of pagans not look like they had way more fun than early Christians. Uh, <laughs> they certainly, they certainly did have fun. But uh, I mean, they were, they were jealous of, they were jealous of. Uh, we we're trotting around, uh, you know, giant phallic symbols, singing, <laughs> singing songs of. You guys are very, very tribal people. Yeah. And it was, I mean, like, it, I feel like it's it's one of those things that isn't discussed as much. Like, the history of Europe. Like, you think of, like, other... We talk a lot about ancient Greece, but, like, and ancient Rome and, and Egypt and things. But not a lot of people touch on the kind of very, like, tribal, pagan tr- right. history of Northern Northern Europe. Yeah. Like, the island of England sure. and, and, like, the French tribe, <laughs> the Franks and the Gauls and the Normans and all those tribes that were just up there they were just tribes of people that were fighting with each other sure. all the time like that whole history up there mm-hmm. the vikings like that's right. interesting so vikings yeah. were brutal like 
conquerors, you know? Absolutely. And uh, they had all kinds of crazy shit. I mean, that, that's where Scandinavia is, right? Viking land? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this, though, Jimmy. There's a, a film coming out that I think you and I will both enjoy called The, the Norseman. That's okay. uh, by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch in The Lighthouse. Oh, excellent. And it, it's going to star Willem Dafoe. It's a documentary. No, no, it's, it's a, a real movie. movie. Yeah, the Norseman. Oh, awesome. dude, when is that coming out? I don't know. I think they can. I think they like put it on hold for the pandemic, but then uh, I think they've completed it since. I'm oh, sure thank it's God! Be great. Robert Eggers does such a good job of Absolutely. capturing one of my like, favorite directors. Even I would have only made two movies. Since we're on the topic, and I do want to get back to Midsummer, I don't want to hijack a confession, but that's all right. I would say that. Uh, uh, the witch inspired a fascination with that type of like like I found myself like the other night I was trying to watch a horror movie. It's like I want to watch a horror movie that was like based in colonial yeah absolutely era because like he did such a good job of just like there's so much stuff from that era like that witchy yeah. stuff you know yeah. um, and then the lighthouse inspired this kind of like mild interest in like the late 1800s and seafaring culture i found myself watching pirates of their caribbean right after uh, i was like interested right, in like yeah. the kind of pirate culture like seafaring sailor type stuff mm -hmm. and so like he really does have a, a way of kind of like really putting you in oh, it oh yeah, yeah and inspiring the, the, a sort yeah. of fascination His atmosphere and settings are just like meticulous like yeah you, you get drunk on the on just mm -hmm. the vibe of mm -hmm. those movies yeah i was actually surprised how many people didn't enjoy the lighthouse that i know much. i know i thought it was brilliant yeah and uh we in fact listeners had uh punk legend cj ramon on the podcast once to discuss the film the lighthouse oh awesome i think that was when we were jimmy list for a while oh oh does he so so he you say he wants to discuss it or no, he, he once did discuss he it? once did discuss it oh yeah. i was gonna say as a joke i was like oh i'll be there and then <laughs> i won't okay. no you won't T jokes on me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um Sebastian, uh, what were we talking about again? Midsummer. Oh yeah. Uh, what's do you, you like those movies? Have you seen Midsummer, The Wicker Man, folk horror, daytime horror? It's been called too. Um, sorry, you were breaking up a little bit there. You mentioned about like um, Midsummer. Yeah. Um, yes. He's taking a long time to think. Just, <laughs> he's pondering. We can see him rubbing his chin. A movie I definitely want to see. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I would recommend <laughs> checking that out. Dude. Yeah. No, Midsummer is... Yeah. 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 And um, I, I just, like I said, I never got... It's one I haven't got around to it. I remember when it came out two years ago. Um, my brother saw it. He said it was... I just remember some of the hype around it. I didn't think it was, I could, I didn't know if I really would understand it. And, um, I think I was just at a different time in my life at that moment where I yeah, it was winter. You know what, what I learned from that? Like I liked it, but then, you know, someone gives you a perspective and it's like, okay, now I like it even better. Now I want to watch it yeah. again. And now it makes more sense in this theme <laughs> that I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like for example, I watched Titanic that whole time, not knowing it was about a boat when someone pointed it out to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, this whole thing took place in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I thought it was in Lake Erie. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, someone pointed out to me that, that, <laughs> that movie, uh, Midsommar is the, the perspective it takes is how would someone be attracted to a cult? What's the story of someone being sucked into a cult mm -hmm. and how that works. Mm. Douchebag boyfriend. Check. Wow. Drugs. Oh, yeah. 
double check. <laughs> Isolation. Uh huh. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, always big, big costumey things too with the pagans. Always yeah. like big, like paper mache heads and stuff going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was for me as a guy. It was a kind of a in like a dive into what would it take for me to have sex with a girl who put her pubic hair in my pie. You know what I'm saying? Remember that scene? Uh, yeah, I remember something about mm-hmm. that. And it made me realize that as a guy, it would entirely depend on how hot she is. You know, I feel like the the hotness well, to creepiness yeah. ratio is very like. Unfortunately, that is a brutal truth in life. It's a brutal I truth. Mean, it's yeah. Like right. ugly guys, like, and I think it's even more true with women, like. Ugly guy at a bar walks up to you and says something like creepy. He's a fucking creep. Right. But if a really good looking guy walks up and might say that exact same thing, not saying that a hot guy can say whatever he wants. Well, it depends on what it is. Yeah. It's- but like something that a hot, something that an ugly guy would do that could be creepy. Yeah. A hot guy can get away with more, same way that a hot chick can get away with more. Yeah. Although I'm sure being attractive comes with its own set of problems as well. Yeah, people are always looking at you. Everybody wants something from you. You know, being hot. Right, right. Not all it's all cracked up to be. You know, you know there's advantages, disadvantages to both yeah. of them. Um, all right. Let's read uh, one more confession here. This is from Aaron Stevens, Erie, Pennsylvania. There you go. Uh, dreams. Ooh. Because of Nightmare on Elm Street, I used to do a bunch of self-experiments related to dreams when I was a teen. I would set an alarm for every 80 minutes to prevent full REM cycles to see if I'd go nuts because I'm not oh, dreaming. Wow. I'd record Ooh. myself reading English or history assignments out loud and put them on loop while I slept to see if they do better on tests. Then if I didn't loop it at night, always did better when I listened to my sleep. Learned to control my dreams through lucid mm. dreaming, possibly a little astral projection too. Tried to link Whoa. up dreams with friends by falling asleep at the same time while on the phone. Didn't work. Got pretty good at interpreting dreams, writing dreams down in journals, and finding messages manifesting reality through dreams. But this can get out of control. I can manifest a fear or happiness. Need more practice on the happiness side. I think we know who our next guest is. Guest is for the uh, yeah. I know. I think this this, this confession inspired a fascination. Right. right. For... <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's that's awesome. Yeah. What do you think of that, Sebastian? Oh my God, Nightmare on Elm Street. I I actually love that series. I I watched. I think my favorite one is the fifth one out of that. The Underrated. Whole, the, whole, um, the one with the baby. Yes. Yeah. With the woman's and like the baby's having dreams. It was, it's just disturbing though, but it's yeah. so good. Like it's mm-hmm. even like the, the, the original first one, it was just, I think like as, you know, as a horror movie, it's not just like the slasher where you have like, you sure. know, Jason or you have Mike Myers. who's just like, Oh, this is something that's like physically and real, you know. But this is something more paranormal that's yes. happening on a in a different kind of realm of the mind. Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact because like it also felt like it, it like you saw like things getting distorted too, but still somewhat in reality. Like you know how how like you know the, like the the girl who's like falling asleep on the desk and she wakes up and she sees her friend who was recently killed being dragged in a body bag out in the school hallway and then and then she runs into the um the, the hall monitor and she's like has that like vibe of freddy krueger like where's your hall pass mm-hmm. and he's, yeah and know, that, that seems great because it's there's something so eerie about like an empty school or like being in your school at night when there's there's no one there and that yeah that kind of like puts her in oh. that that scenario you know mm-hmm. but it's, uh, yeah and it's hmm. good Oh no, you're good. 
Um, but as far as all the lucid dreaming and stuff like that, I, I sometimes I wonder why I don't try that more. That sounds extremely fascinating. It is fun. It is cool. It is. I, I have lucid dreams sometimes, and it's awesome, but I can only like hold on to them for a few minutes or like yeah. a few seconds. Meditation actually helps me really? a lot with trying to maintain it. Only I can't decide when it happens, but I can only, every now and then, I'll just be in a dream and just yeah. realize yeah. that I'm in a dream. Yeah, and the weirdest thing is every time I do that, I think to myself, like, if the, like usually it's if something ridiculous happens, and I'm like, this can't happen in real life. This yeah. has to be a dream. Yeah. And But then I'll, but then I'll think, like, there's no, like, this feels as real if 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 i'm dreaming right now then i could be dreaming at any time exactly this feels completely real yeah like I, I literally do feel like right now this could be a dream oh no i, I mean that's that's what's fascinating about it in entire in, in its entirety is things that in things in your what i found the most fascinating about dreams in general is that when you're talking to someone else in your dream like let's say i was having let's say this is your dream right now mm. um me talking, that's not, when you're having a dream that we're on a podcast right now, that's not me talking to mm-hmm. you. That's your interpretation sure. of me talking to you. Sure. So it's really you talking to you through me as a vessel. When you have a dream, your mom is talking to you or something like that, that's, yeah. not, that's not your mom. That's your be, you being your mom. But in a dream, that's just as real. Yeah. Like that person that is, like yeah. you being your mom, that's just as real as when, you know, as if you're awake. So it kind of like that whole idea of like we are all like... Yeah. The same thing, you know, that like when we're awake, we have this, that that when we're asleep, we have this delusion that everyone in our dream is something else outside of ourselves communicating to us. But when we're awake, you know, it could be the same thing. Yeah, no, I totally believe that. I totally think um, that's that's kind of the the best way to look at things, you know, like um, there's no, like who decides what, where I end and you begin, or yeah. or like where I end and something else begins. Like, yeah. is it my skin? Is mm-hmm. it my flesh? Like, is my foot me? Is yeah. my brain me? Mm-hmm. Is the stuff around me me? Yeah, you know. And it's like, uh, yeah, Alan Watts really blew my mind with some some writings on that. Alan Watts is awesome. Yeah, yeah. On he's, a- he really takes like uh, Buddhist philosophy and puts it in like practical, mm-hmm. realistic terms. You know, I think there's a lot to be learned uh, on the dreaming. So dreaming, something, dreaming is definitely something that uh, I've looked a lot into because it's a lot of times I'll wake up with like a melody in my head, like, yeah, for writing too. music and things like that. And it's like those are the I'll hum them into my phone Dude. and those melodies become yeah, yeah. songs. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. I I I just remembered I I came up with two '80s moms jokes in my dream last night. Yeah, and I couldn't remember them when I woke up. Yeah. And I told myself. Uh, Oh, to remember them. oh man, it's the worst. Yeah, I keep my phone. I mean, if you, if you could look at my phone, I have like maybe upwards of 250 voice memos of, of, Dude. of melodies and things like that. You know what the best joke I have? Like, I, this is this might be a terrible joke, but for me, I was really proud of my dream for coming uh-huh. up with this. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like I was on, I was on like hold uh-huh. for like uh, for some salesperson or something for some secretary, and when they came back, I was like. <laughs> I like that weight music. What is that? Rights of Spring? <laughs> and then I started like actually doing that in real life. <laughs> yeah, dude. But on a lighter note, um, uh, the idea of just playing stuff in your headphones while you're asleep for like studying and stuff, mm. you see that in movies and cartoons and stuff. I've always wondered if that... I've, heard, I've heard it does. I heard it helps. You know, and this guy, the yeah. confessional extraordinaire over here says it does. So. I can't see how it wouldn't help. Yeah, I guess not, you know. I guess, yeah, you know, you're just picking up on it in your subconscious. You know something. You don't know why you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting concept, yeah. but I, I guess I'll try it. Not that I ever have anything to study for, ever. 
But uh, yeah, it's great to not have to. I'll, well, that's another common dream thing is like a, the test coming up that I didn't study for, the yep. project that I have to do. Test. I always have a wrestling match yeah. that I'm not able to make weight for. Yeah, I can't remember. Like I'll, I'll be like, <laughs> was I? Like, am I, am I supposed to fit? I always have like a thing where it's like I can't remember if I had a project to do this year before the end of the year or last year, and it's yeah. like the last day of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, like, uh, uh, yeah, oh, same thing. I'll, I'll have a dream. Worse. Yeah, where it's like, oh, that wasn't my senior year. This is my senior year. Right, right. And I'm yeah. like, well, I thought, oh, I guess <laughs> yeah. not. Okay, yeah. we got one more year, baby. <laughs> and it's just, it's just not just being completely in the mindset. Like, I, I don't think I'd be possible for me to go back to a yeah. school type setting at I this also, point in my I life. I also have a lot of dreams about that. That's such a weird time too when school just ends after 12th grade. Oh yeah, it's like it's, it's your whole mm-hmm. world is completely different now, yeah. you know? Like It's like nobody like now if I got to be somewhere it's like mm-hmm. they should be paying me. Right. Or I should be paying someone an exorbitant amount of money right. to to yell at me if I don't show up. I'm paying you to be mad at me <laughs> yeah. if I don't show up I've to your class. I've been suckered this whole 12 years. Yeah. But it's just like such an interesting shift in, in, you know, just like everything changes, like your whole routine, your whole what's important, what's valuable. It's yeah. like 12 years just all yeah. over. It takes, it, it took me a good probably two, at least two or three years to just adjust to the idea yeah, of like, absolutely. you know, I went to college for one year after high school and was like, well, this is, this ain't it. I guess I was just doing this because I didn't know what else to do. Right. You know. Right. Uh, what you got? Any thoughts on that, Sebastian? You've been waiting patiently. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's a. Uh, it was all. That's all really interesting um, about the dreams and stuff. I. I always I thought about. I don't know. Like lucid dreaming in a way. That's. Um. I don't know. I just never, I never done it. I, I always had, have an interest in it, but I feel like it's really hard, Yeah. but uh, I can, I can relate to having a lot of dreams about like um, having to be like, or like having a project, you know, being in, being in, like in high school or college even, and like sort of like procrastinating, but like kind of like going through it as if, as if you're, it feels like you're walking through like a swamp and you're just kind of half there. And like, I know I got all these things, piling up but i don't care at the same time but yet you know time to time to graduate and finish the class sure. is approaching and like it's 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 such a it's such a very anxiety ridden kind of feeling and then you just wake up and i always end up thinking my dreams are real too and i wake mm-hmm. up and it's like mm-hmm. oh there's times i'm just like wow yeah yeah no okay yeah, i can fuck your whole day up too i have dreams that put me in a weird mind state the whole day i'm always obsessed with whatever i dreamed about just for that day yeah like if yeah. i dream about a movie or a person or something yeah they're extremely fascinating me for me just yeah. for that day yeah i'll have a dream like where i like i have like a love interest of some random person right right and then like for whatever reason i'll just like be interested in that yeah, girl yeah for that day and then i'm like wait a second what the hell am i doing right right yeah, I don't have a chance with this girl. Not even in my dreams. <laughs> She's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we wrap I up, definitely have sorry, a, go ahead. Oh, I was just say I always have occurring Titanic dreams. Honestly, like I'm on the ship, and it's Terrifying. like it's a different variation of it. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, one thing we we've kind of failed to mention Figured about I the Titanic that. is that it, it was freaking terrifying. I mean, that is a horrific thing. Oh, yeah. The middle of the ocean. Is there anything Ugh, scarier no. than being in the middle of the ocean at night? Sharks. If sharks were around. I mean, it's not even at that point. It's like sharks. It's freezing. Are yeah. like, yeah. It's freezing cold. 
you're there's no you know you're in sixty thousand foot deep water yeah. and there's, there's no you, way you're going to be able to touch the ground and bounce yeah yeah you're not you know no. and then and then you know it's like hundreds of miles in any direction is just nothing. i know it's like so alone and isolated yeah. like it's just terrifying dark black water yeah just, just kind of just bobbing around and yeah. just like wait like just figure trying to figure out how you're gonna die like right is a giant squid gonna come up it's like sharks would be like number three on my list no no sharks make everything worse Dude. your legs dangling in water and a sharks being around sea monster bro I'll take a sea monster over a shark any day. A shark is a sea monster. <laughs> Dude, I'm talking about like the kraken. I look, I will take a crack at the kraken before I <laughs> before I uh go toe to toe with a great white. I think any I, day. Cthulhu, I, come and suck me up. That is way better than being <laughs> devoured by gigantic shark jaws that rip your bones and flesh apart and pull I don't you even underwater. Think sharks are hanging out in that. They're not. That's why there weren't shark attacks. But I'm saying that was what would make it worse. Yeah. So it was really just ice cold, floating until you die. Really? I mean, just floating until you die. Look, look, freezing to death. The whole thing would suck. But I think there are other ways I would definitely not want to die before freezing to death. Like burning to death. Burning to death. uh, You know. being eaten alive, being eaten by a shark, uh, any yeah, animal really. Yeah, but especially I would way yeah. rather be eaten by a bear than a shark. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You, you know don't tell me what say. animal I prefer to be devoured. <laughs> Look, by I know food. what you're looking for, <laughs> and I can tell you that bears, omnivorous creatures, are the worst animals to be eaten alive by because they eat you alive. Like for instance, yeah, a tiger, they- a lion. A creature that oh eats my. meat only, they're specialized in killing. A tiger will grab you. By, if a tiger attacked you, he'd grab you by the neck, crack your neck. You wouldn't even know what happened. Yeah. He'd pounce out and get you. A bear will rip you, rip chunks out of your body yeah. until you know, you're know you laying there right. like a like a exposed chicken wing and still alive. Well, that's, you know, you and that's that. why the solution, of course, is to play dead and let the bear bat you yeah, and yeah. mess with you. Like, that's, that's the original, the... fake it till you make it. You play dead <laughs> right. until you are dead. That, how, has that ever, who has the nerves to do that? You yeah. lay there and you let the bear cut you up a little bit. Yep, 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 yep. Clearly. Is that true? I, I never, yeah. I don't know if that's really. Is you're, that, if you're sure attacked by like, like a brown bear, you're supposed to curl up in a ball or or just lay flat on the ground. And not move at and all, and like let it dead. come up to you, smell you, bat you around. It's probably going to slice you up a little bit with its claws. It might bite you a little bit, Jeez. but if you're not moving, it might leave you alone. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Mm. What about just oh, wow. blasting it with a shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> Is that an option? Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't blame you. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, if you if you're being batted by a bear. <laughs> If yeah, I would say use the shotgun at that point. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But playing dead now, bitch. Believe it or not, they're bulletproof. I think. That's oh, brown bears it. are them and rhinos, which they are right actually made out of metal. Rhinoceroses <laughs> yeah. are, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, before we wrap up, I want to tell you a little bit about my obsession, which is, of course, Jimmy. Can can you tell 
Do you know what my obsession is? Uh, I feel like I should. I know saw the this. film Young Guns at a very young age. Oh yeah, and and the video for Bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory, which was the Young Guns two promo. How could I forget this? And actually, I think I saw that before anything, and, that, mm-hmm, okay. and then I got into the other movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 to this day, I am just absolutely obsessed with uh, the story of bon Billy Jovi. the Kid. Uh, yeah, a little bit Poncho. That is one of those things where it's like I don't like him anymore, but I could read about him for like ever. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. for some reason, the whole story just fascinates me. Yeah. It's like burned in my brain. Yeah. Um, but I also just love like rock bios of any kind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Billy the Kid, yes, that is something you are really into. Yes, yes. And I don't know why, really. I mean, it's a fascinating story, but it's like why, why that specifically? Am I obsessed with it? You know, I actually did a book report. Not a book report. I mean, it was in fifth grade. Like, it was like a pamphlet sure. report, really. And, uh, I mean, it was a paperback book, you know, probably like fifth, maybe 30 pages, which is a lot for fifth grade Absolutely. for me. And uh, I did a book report on Billy the Kid. 30 pages it, in fifth grade was a lot for you, Jimmy? I don't know, dude. 30 pages right now <laughs> is a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, right now. I haven't, read, I haven't read 30 pages of anything this year so far. It's like mid-April. I haven't read 30 pages <laughs> this year. Okay. Uh, maybe 30 web pages. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was definitely a fascinating story. We actually did an episode on Billy yes, the Kid, as yes, I recall. We did. And uh, yeah, just I mean that Wild West whole type of deal back mm-hmm. then was so interesting to me, just because like it really was lawless. I mean, it was right. like it was like you know people were going out and just expanding out into yeah, like, yeah. It was all like as long as you're white, you can pretty much if you're gonna settle in in all that desert and yeah. crap. Go yeah. for it. It's like you dude, if you want to do whatever you want, do it. You know, yeah, go yeah. get shot, go get scalped. Yeah. By a Iroquois Indian or whatever, you well, know. Like, yeah, I mean that was that was like uh, uh, manifest destiny. You know, yeah. they're like, well, we can't really. We're all the way over here in D.C. We're not really going to be able to do anything about anything over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Just let them fill it up and, and just see what happens. Yeah, and then 250 <laughs> years later, most of those states are still useless. But you know, what are you, you going to do? You know. <laughs> well, we had Breaking Bad in New Mexico. That's yeah. true. That's true. Lots of stuff happens in Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, Texas, yeah, you don't mess with Texas. Texas was actually its own country. Uh, it was Texaco. Oh yeah, really Tex- was called Texaco. Really? Yeah, not. And the gas station came after. Oh, oh yeah, but it really was. Yeah, like, I realized that it, it, yeah. this didn't happen yeah. like in the seventies. Yeah, 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 yeah. The people in Texas was like, should we, should we like kind of latch on to this whole gas station thing? Because I feel like well, it's working for them. The, the whole thing with the Wild West, Mexico, was, Texaco, was just all about um, the idea. You know, it's taking over a burned out old country that was just pretty much de- decimated. The mm-hmm. people just like left with nothing, and and starting brand new societies there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, and it plays into like stories of of you know like uh, like uh, the, the the natives versus the the foreigners coming in. It played. It went back to like the Irish versus English in the old country type of things. Those conflicts arose. Mm. Uh, it and and also like uh, just kind of. Um, that was kind of, I think, the birth of true crime in a way. Kind of came around then, yeah. And part of the part of the rise of the cowboy archetype was yellow journalism, um, uh, writing salacious cowboy stories. So there's yeah. like a, a media, a violence obsession media yeah. type of thing going on there. Cowboys were also the one, probably one of the first truly American like pop culture symbols too. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, who do we root? Like you know, before then we had like powdered wigs. Right, and like right, they right. weren't cool. Yeah, nobody wants to you be know? on a team. Called the, <laughs> yeah, the called, powdered wigs. Yeah, the wig party. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington loyalists. Nobody gives a fuck about them, bro. 
The Tories. Yeah. Go Tories. No, uh, but like the Cowboys, Keep that's like... <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys is really something that's... Uh, you know, yeah. I, I... Which, in fact, came from Hispanic culture, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and partially yeah, from Marqueros. actually Spain itself. You know, I'm going to say this, and it's your podcast, so whatever, <laughs> but uh, I actually do find it kind of disappointing mm-hmm. that for the longest time, it was a Thanksgiving Day tradition for the Dallas Cowboys to play the Washington Redskins. Cowboys and was Indians really? on Thanksgiving. I think that was a great American tradition. And I don't There's I, no way that would fly. There's just no way. Well, it just stopped like this year right, because right. the Washington Redskins changed their name to the illustrious Washington football team. <laughs> it's almost like they were fucking with people. They're like, okay, you don't want us to be the Redskins? They're not. Re- I thought that was just like a placeholder. No, they are. Like they have to they, have a name. They haven't come up with a new name yet. It, they played an entire season last year as that's the Washington their, football team. Really? They are. They played the entire yeah. last football season. They were the Washington football football team, and to this day, I don't believe they've come up with a new name. They're just called the Washington football team. Well, I kind of love that, to be honest. Well, with you. it's kind of the like Washington funny because like you think that they would have done something or other. I don't know. My point is, is that, you know, those symbols of like the old yes. American symbols, yes. I think that was cool, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. What do you think, Sebastian? Do you, do you uh, know anything about uh, the Wild West or anything like that? Um, I mean, I know, I know about like, like the settling there and then people, they, a lot of it was due to like the gold rush. Um, yeah. and just the fact of like, um, you know, and then you got like Lewis and Clark and the Oregon Trail people wanting to just like, there's all this untapped land and we've only been on the, on the East coast with these 13 different States. Let's see what's out there. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, just them kind of like, like he mentioned, just like they wanted to start a new life and like, um, you know, like see what kind of resources are out there. And that's, and a lot of it, yeah, it came through like staking claims to your land and, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever, whatever stake you have, that's your land to claim. And then, mm-hmm. and I think that's what a lot of it was, what's a lot of like the yeah. outlaws. And, yeah. Yeah. And like um, a lot of people yeah. that couldn't afford land or, or anything yeah, back East <laughs> were pretty much like given a free farm, you know, yeah. if they move out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, this has been a great episode, you guys. Is there any more uh, Titanic you want to get into before we wrap up, Sebastian? I wanted to add this special part in before we wrapped up. Let's hear um, it. But I think I just I was, so I was just thinking back to this memory that I had back in fifth grade. Um, like I'd say a couple months ago, there was this. It you know because of my obsession. The, became known for being like i guess i would say a titanic guru of mm-hmm. the class um so each it was really cool because each of each class so we all had a, we all had a specific class with one teacher and like a pod so there were like maybe six other other classes with a teacher and then like their students so we all each each class was was um tasked with like putting on like a skit mm-hmm. and then presenting it in front of like the common in the common area in that pod um and i I don't know how how it really formulated but i guess um the idea came about i think i might have proposed it but like the the fact of like orchestrating or like putting on the skit about about escaping in lifeboats on the titanic Mm -hmm. and um i ended up being sort of like a like a director 
as well as playing like one of the officers nice in there and we all and i don't know i literally was i think like it just happened to resonate with everyone like that sounds cool and then i i, I honestly do not know how i managed to become the director and you know orchestrate this whole you know rehearsal because we were rehearsing on the on the lawn of the of recess you know out where we in the playground and like um i remember I, I gave specific people specific rules of actual historical figures and um we used like those like you know metal ceramic chairs like set up in a line as like a lifeboat and i remember the one the one kid um to use like we used like red yarn to throw up in the air as distress rockets and nice. i don't know if we had costumes or not but um, it was just so cool and it was just really cool to get everyone together and like, especially because it was so interesting and I was just the height of my interest at the time and everyone sort of like communally just like enjoying. And right. it seemed like there was like, mm -hmm. this is cool. And they were, they were anxious to like you know get up and act and sure you know you know just have this whole system you know it was um i just remember i just totally forgot about that memory and i think it was because a lot of that was just i was having a really really hard time earlier this earlier this year and um kind of came back around and it really helped like up like Oh, you know, like I remember just doing this that like, oh, wow, it, it forced forced like, you know, I, you know, some of my mul multiple talents that I have and what to kind of be proud of and remember um, maybe and, and it's something I kind of spurred from just watching that movie okay. and, you know, being just hyper interested and hyper in a way like obsessive about it. Right, right. That, um, yeah, it was really good, just a really good memory that I was thinking about. Awesome. And um, just wanted to have a platform to share that with. Yeah. And um, all right. I mean, there's more I could go into, but I mean, time permits. And um, yeah, we were kind of losing. Uh, we kind of kind of yeah. broke up a little bit towards yeah, we, the end. We missed a few things you said there, but uh, but we, we heard got most of oh oh. Okay. We heard most of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe we can have you back again sometime, Sebastian. <laughs> Get you actually in the studio. Sure. Um, awesome. All right. So uh, your cool. people can find your art uh, where again? So it's my site is called designsbyseb.com. Okay. Awesome. All right. And Jimmy, where can <laughs> people find the confessional? Uh, the confessional, uh, first and foremost, we are available on all streaming platforms, anywhere you can get your podcast. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, anything else you might listen to. Uh, hopefully we'll be on YouTube soon. Right. I think that should, at the very least we should be putting audio Absolutely. episodes on YouTube, totally, totally. but I think we should be doing video. Yeah, you're right. Um, but in the meantime, everything but YouTube, uh, confessional podcast, and also of course on facebook.com. Mike posts the topic of the week every week, um, and you can participate by either leaving your confession in the comments 
or DMing him if you want to be, uh, if you want to remain anonymous. Right. But uh, so that happens every week if you follow Confessional Podcast, Facebook.com slash Confessional Podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. This has been an amazing episode. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a good one. This yeah, is a good one. definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sebastian. And uh, we will talk. Absolutely. Thank you. Of course, anytime. We will talk to everyone next time on Confessional.